When I stopped minimizing my greatness, I became greatness, says Forbes photographer Miles Lofton, known for photographing Kid Cudi, Willow Smith, Glow Rilla, and so many more cultural icons. Miles discusses the importance of exposure, understanding your value, and never minimizing your greatness. I'm so excited to have him on the To All The People podcast today. If you're ready for it, click and listen, and let's get right into this episode. Happy Monday, everybody. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Miles and I'm so excited to have him here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I see you got the fit on. You got the yeah. You got the fire just, crocs. It's a chill day fit. You know, I have my crocs on. It's a chill day fit. We got mm-hmm. the we got the purple lights like we in Wakanda right now. Like it's a <laughs> it's a whole vibe. Yeah. There's just so much I want to talk to you about because I feel like for you to be 25, you've had so many like major milestones, accomplishments. Like I saw that you did something with like IG. I saw that you did stuff with the cut. You've mm-hmm. worked with Converse, Calvin Klein, like just a lot of full circle moments. But the first thing that I really do want to talk to you about is I was watching this. I found you on YouTube. It was like a little video that I saw from the know. And okay. you talked about this project that you did. And it really like honestly spoke volumes to me where you were Googling um, black people compared to the depiction of mm-hmm. white people. Can you like elaborate on that and how that probably resulted in your style of photography? Um, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know that it it necessarily influenced my style of photography, but it did influence this particular project. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was a freshman at Parsons School of Design and um, spending a lot of time on the internet, on yeah. Twitter and stuff like that. And I came across this video that was like showing someone on their phone yeah. doing these two different Google searches of like what you get when you search like a group of black teenagers and what you get when you search like a group of white teenagers. Mm-hmm. And so after seeing the video, I kind of like did it myself to see like, okay, yeah. is this real? And it was like real where there was like a stark difference between the um, images that you got when you mm-hmm. search these different terms. Um, and so at that time, I guess I was like thinking a lot about how photography could not only be used as a medium for people to like, just have like visual enjoyment from it, but also um, to use it as like a platform to be able to speak about things. And so that kind of sparked me wanting to like create the project. Um, And it was convenient because at the time it was like during finals season. Yeah, yeah. And so um, my professor for this class I had, she was kind of just like, you could do whatever you want for this final. And I had like written some notes in my journal about wanting to do this project. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of like the perfect opportunity to be like, okay, like now I want to like actually execute this and make it a thing. Um, And yeah, that's kind of how how that happened. Dang, that's like a great way to close out graduating from school like well actually like, i hadn't graduated yet that you was hadn't my graduated no yet? that was my that was my freshman year freshman I, year yeah wow um, and then you said was, like from that point on your work kind of took off from there yeah yeah i would say so like i was kind of always like posting my work on the internet mm-hmm. like i was like a tumblr kid like in yeah. high school yeah. and middle school um but once i moved to new york and then i also did that project um, I put it on like Twitter and um, I I got one publication to like publish it. 
and like a lot of people had like really great responses yeah. to it and I wasn't even expecting like so many people to like mm -hmm. connect with the images like yeah. I knew that like you know some people would like like them but yeah. you know the amount of people that were just like re sharing it and mm -hmm. um commenting and stuff like that it was it was unexpected um yeah. and it kind of led to other opportunities like um, I was able to like do a couple of um, talks about mm -hmm. this particular project. Um, and so it was really cool just how like this one thing um, not only affected other people's lives, but like affected my life and like how yeah. my career ended up going. That's really cool. Um, I think I want to also talk to you about like, how did you find freedom of expression, especially as a queer black man? You know, I have like a lot of people around me, a lot of friends around me that really struggle with like finding their own unique mm. voice and just being able to walk in their full truth. Mm -hmm. You know, what was it that helped you do that? Um, I mean, it's definitely taken time for sure. I mean, like when like, I mean, I've always been someone who is like pretty expressive, like mm -hmm. I've always been an artist. Um, and always kind of like stood out from like other people when it comes to, when it came to like growing up and stuff like I wasn't like hanging out with like the other boys and stuff I was usually like around girls and stuff yeah, like that yeah um but even still there I was still like reserved in the way that I mm -hmm. expressed myself like I wasn't gonna dress like too feminine or anything yeah. like that or like experiment with um like my expression and stuff like that but I think especially once I moved to New York obviously there's like a larger population of mm -hmm. people who are like me and people who are not afraid to, um, you know, be who they are yeah. and express that in whatever way mm -hmm. that means for them. I think that kind of like inspired me to kind of like not care as much about like what other people think and kind of just at the end of the day do what makes me feel good. Um, and what makes like me feel like I'm authentically, I guess, um, representing myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now I think I'm in like a much more comfortable position where mm -hmm. I feel like I know much more who I am than when I was like first moving to New York. Yeah. Coming from yeah. Maryland, yeah. like that sort of thing. It's wow. definitely been a path for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like freedom of expression is, I feel like it's just, so it's like a thing that I feel like we as black people, especially especially where I'm from, because I'm from mm -hmm. the South. So yeah. I have to like really learn how to form an identity. And yeah. we've had like a lot of people come on the podcast where they say they struggle sometimes creating a world where they feel like they can like fit in in a world yeah. that makes sense to them. Right. And even like a lot of times like in mass media, when I see photographers, when I see film and stuff, it's oftentimes oversaturated with other white queer people, right. you know, that kind of in a weird, in a crazy way, kind of like check every single box. You know, it's more easy for them to squeeze into certain spaces because they have like, you know, a sense of privilege and stuff. Right. Um, and I guess like what advice would you give to someone who is really struggling to like find you know, a sense of identity and a sense of self-worth because you seemed like very confident, like just even on your social media, like you just like kind of like walking your truth and mm -hmm. it's like hella admirable. I mean, yeah, I mean, that hasn't, yeah, like I said, it hasn't come overnight. 
Um, but I guess like I would say in order to like arrive at a place like that, you also need to have people around you that are going to like mm -hmm. affirm you and your identity and like your expression and stuff like that. Like you can't like fully arrive at your truth if you're around people who are like stifling that yeah. and aren't like fully welcoming that. Um, and actually, I was going to say, like, I feel like a part of, like, my journey to, like, reaching that point has been um, the support of people around me, like, my community, like, even also, like, my parents. Mm -hmm. My parents are very supportive of um, me and the things that I'm doing and the way that I express myself. Um, they may not always understand it, it to be, like, to begin with. Yeah. But I think they, like... They trust that, like, I know what's best for me yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Um, and so I think, like, uh, looking for that sort of um, energy will help you, I guess, arrive at, like, a better place with yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that response. Yeah, and I think sometimes we kind of, like, want life to, like, you know, just be, like, a straight shoot. Like, we don't want to we kind of forget that life is a roller coaster. Like there's yeah. going to be a lot of shit that happens in the process when we're trying to like arrive at our destination and stuff. And you have like a lot of confidence. And we recently like had someone else on the podcast who is like very humble. Like mm -hmm. how do you feel about, you know, the humbleness that comes with being a black person? Cause sometimes I'm going to lie. I sometimes struggle because I feel mm -hmm. like in a sense from, you know, the time that growing up in my younger years, like, there's been an aspect that's been forced to water down. Like mm. some of my earliest conversations right. are like, hey, you can do this, but don't be too black. Hey, right, you can right. do this, but don't be too colorful. Yeah. You know? And I think sometimes when it comes to like creating that identity, it's like very hard for us to form one, especially when we're trying to step into ourselves, mm -hmm. especially when we're trying to figure our shit out and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. I think that like, when I was like kind of first starting with like freelance photography and stuff, um, I definitely did lean more into that like humble nature where mm -hmm. I was um, a like accepting a lot of like free work, which like it's okay to do to an extent when you're yeah, first starting yeah, yeah. off, you're gaining experience and stuff. Um, but there was a definitely a point where I was like taking on stuff where like I probably shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And my mom, she would always tell me just like, you need to like know your worth and like know what you're bringing to the table. Um, and I think like understanding that and understanding like the power in like knowing your own value, I think it's like important for like black people, especially to like, I mean, you can remain humble, but, mm -hmm. like, also just, like, know who you are and, like, yeah. know that, like, the people who are working with you are coming to you for a particular reason. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to, like, flex a little bit sometimes, yes, you know? Yes. Like, if you know you're the shit, then, you like... Gotta, you got to walk in that truth. Exactly. Yes, you walk in it because yes. it's, like, if you don't, then people aren't necessarily going to recognize that for you. Yes. You know, sometimes you have to, like speak up and like let that be known yes um so there's definitely balance in that but i think like i feel like as a as black people sometimes it's a disservice to ourselves to like kind of minimize our greatness mm -hmm. um i think we should like talk about it yes yeah. definitely i always like think about like how um confidence is really like a thought 
Like sometimes, yes. like it really. Sometimes is. you just have to be like delusional enough to, to be like, all right, like I'm that girl. Yes. Yeah, and it's like if you say that you're that girl, then everybody yes. else will think that you're that yes. girl. Yes. Yes. Like <laughs> you gotta like. This is how I think. I was like, you. There's like that saying, "Fake it till you make it," and I mm-hmm. think like when it comes to your thought process and how you see yourself, yeah. sometimes you got to do that shit. Like yeah. whenever like I'm like in a room, sometimes I started doing this thing where if someone's looking at me or if I feel like it's like racial or if I feel like it's just some weird energy, I tend to like sit up taller. I'm mm. like, you know what? Gonna You're get like, a better right, look. Let me yeah. I'm like, let me adjust. If you really want to look, I'm gonna let you look. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, that's like something that, that I've been really trying to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say like you're you're fully on the other side of it, but from the outside looking in, like you're definitely killing it. Has there ever been a time where you just really felt like you were really struggling mm-hmm. to find your voice, or maybe not even find your voice, but struggling to have like a sense of self acceptance? Um, struggling to find my voice, I guess. Um, like when I was working on my like senior thesis project, um, that definitely like took a minute to try to like, I guess, figure out Mm -hmm. like what I wanted to say and like how I wanted to, um, go about making this, the, the project. Um, cause like, I think for a lot of artists, you know, we want to have a body of work that kind of like is cohesive and makes sense together. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of like in an in-between phase between like mm-hmm. I had I was like studying abroad in London at the time. Yeah. And just kind of like figuring out a lot of stuff, like trying like a lot of different things. Um, and like research, I think, was like really important for that particular project because um, I think like going back and like looking at how other people have approached like the mm-hmm. same or similar subjects and kind of like reinterpreting that and seeing like how I would want to do that. Yeah. Helped me kind of like define more, I guess, like what it was that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, which is why I think it's like so important for people of any medium to understand like the history of the medium that you're working in. Cause I think it can give you like an idea or like a framework of how you can like move forward and like maybe advance someone else's idea Mm -hmm. or kind of like pivot from Mm -hmm. where someone else was. Um, But yeah, I think it's like, it takes time to figure out like your identity as an artist. Like people don't just come out the break, like having, I mean, there's some people who who have like such a very, yeah, a very specific style. Um, but for a lot of people, it takes, it takes time to to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and also like living, like you have to do shit to like, like learn more and like have experiences that influence the work that you make. Very Um, true. Yeah. Yeah. So you like definitely are someone that believes in like exposing yourself to things, like studying things, understanding things. Yes. I definitely feel that. There's a lot of people that will like talk about shit and don't even know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. because they haven't like even taking the time to study and like it's like why we say like comparison is the is honestly the thief of joy if because we can look at people and want what they want and want what they have all the time but 
especially like in the age of like social media, you have a lot of people that want to be photographers, a lot of people that want to be influencing, a lot of people that want to do podcasting, but it's just like, you really have to love it to want to do right, it. And right. when you love it, you obsess about it, yeah. you study it, you want to know everything about it. You mm -hmm. want to know how probably for you, how lighting works, all that different stuff. Right. So that's like what I, that's what I always think about. But also on top of that, not to just stick to like photography, you're mm -hmm. also super multi hyphenated. Like, low key. You know, for real. <laughs> like, and I think sometimes what people tend to do, especially as a creator, if you are super multi hyphenated, it's really hard to try to like get out of like that one box mm -hmm. of doing things. But you also DJ. Yes. I started last year mm -hmm. um, because um, I always like had an interest in music like mm -hmm. go like I feel like that came from my parents like growing up um my dad would always be playing like reggae like we had like a speaker system my mom she was always playing like R&B like so you were just over there vibing yeah just like just over there vibing it was it would be weird to like step in the house and there be no music like mm. there was always something playing and like my parents loved to go see live music and stuff like that um, and my dad and I actually have like a lot of like this like similar music taste. Yeah. Like a lot of like a lot of people's parents they listen to like older stuff, but like yeah. my dad, he be listening to like new stuff. Like, like he keeps up with things. Yeah, he keeps up with stuff. Like he like put me on to like disclosure, like wow. even like Azalea Banks. Like my dad was listening to her on like BBC radio. Like back in like I think I don't know when two one two came out, but whenever it it came out. So your um, parents are pretty creative people too. Yeah, they're creative in their own ways. Like they don't necessarily work creative jobs, but like my dad, he um, loves to cook. Yeah, um, was always cooking growing up and stuff like that. My mom, she. Um, if she wasn't working her job, she would probably be doing like hair or something like that. But yeah. like, they also have like, I feel like an appreciation for like the arts, which is why I think like they were supportive of like my decision mm. to like be an artist and go to art school and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but back to music. So um, they just like played music a lot. And like, whenever I would be on set, like I would always like have a playlist just like playing from like SoundCloud and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like producers, or, like the models would be like, like who's playing the music or whatever. They're like, who's and that? And I'd be like, I'm like, it's me. Like, <laughs> they like, and they're drop like, the link. Right. They're and like, they're like, drop the link. They're like, oh, they'd be trying to Shazam it and stuff. But because it's SoundCloud, like most of it is like mixes yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I'd be like, y'all can go to my SoundCloud. Um, and so I was just like, okay, like I would love to you know try something new like yes. a new hobby or something yes. like that because for the most part like photography is like a majority of my life like yeah. and not like it's not a bad thing I love doing photography mm -hmm. but um I think it was cool to kind of branch out and yeah. like do something um different um and it's been fun yeah so far um you know learning a new skill yeah it, it takes time and also it's cool to like look back and um, like at like clips from when I was like first starting and to now where I'm like, okay, I can like hear yeah. like a little bit of like improvement. Yeah. So I'm going to just like keep, keep going, I guess. That's so cool. Like yeah. I like that because like I always think about how I used to always say it's okay for dreams to change. But mm -hmm. just even like talking to you right now, I'm like, it's okay for dreams to develop. Yeah. Because I always think about like how we are never going to always be the same person. Right. Like, and then I think you know, when you love something so much and then you start sharing it with people sometimes, it 
it becomes this thing that you share with other people. And I mm. feel like that's like why the evolution of picking up something else is mm. always just so important too. Yeah. And I do, I do really understand that. Cause like as a creative, sometimes it's really hard for me. We have a lot of people on the podcast that really struggle with being a multi-hyphenated mm. creator. Like they really struggle with like finding that balance mm. and figuring out how to kind of mesh all of the things they love into one. Right. So is there like any advice you could give to someone that's just like, damn, like I wanna, whew, I wanna do photos, I wanna act, I wanna, I wanna mm. do this, I wanna do that. Like, is there any advice you could give to someone? Um, any advice? Um, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely possible to um, pursue like multiple things. Yeah. I think like just do things as they like come to you or how, as it com feels comfortable. Like, um, I mean, for me, I know that like photography is like my main thing. Yeah. Um, DJing is something that like I wanted to do like on the side as like a mm -hmm. hobby. Um, but I think different people have different ways that they prioritize like the things that they do in their life. So I think just figuring out like how these things fit together yeah. um, is the most important. I like that. So whenever you create and stuff with your photography, with your music and stuff, a lot of your stuff is dedicated to, you know, black creators and stuff. When people look at your art, when people look at your work, what do you want black people to see? Like, how do you want black people to look at your work and, and how do you want them to see themselves when they look at your stuff? Um, that was like a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's a good question though. But I I, I think like I want um, pe black people to look at my work and see someone who sees them for who they are, mm -hmm. um, and and not for who they want them to be. Yeah, I think like a lot of times when we see people photographing like people of marginalized communities, oftentimes like there's like some level like a large level of projection and like you can't necessarily help like projecting a little bit onto somebody but when it comes to the point that like the people in the photograph stories aren't being told in like a, an authentic way yeah then i think like that becomes a problem so i think like for me i want my photographs for for people to be able to see something of themselves in mm -hmm. the work that i'm making or something that they could be yeah um because that's also another thing that photography does it like allows us to imagine like what a future could look like for us like if two black queer people are looking at a photo of like two people who are married they could imagine that like this is yes. something that's possible for us um because it may not be something that they've seen before yeah um so those are some things that i like want people to think about when they look at my work yeah um at least black people specifically yeah. you're a storyteller yeah that's what it is like yeah that's what pho photography is you're telling a story um from whatever perspective it may be. Yeah, yeah, I like that. What is like, okay, so I talked about being humble and I talked uh -huh. about flexing. Like uh -huh. what has probably been one of the biggest accomplishments so far in your career? Because I'm pretty sure you're going to continue to, you know, bloom and continue mm -hmm. to do big things and stuff. But like what's something that was like, damn, like I can really do this shit. Like I am really killing it. Like, um... I guess maybe like two instances like the first would probably be like when I was selected for Forbes that was like completely unexpected Damn. I did not and I was like I think I was like in my 
junior year of, of college. Damn. Um, and like I had gotten the nomination mm-hmm. and like I was like, this is really cool. Like the fact that I got nominated, that's amazing. Like I never would have expected that. And so I like submitted or whatever and I didn't expect to like make it to like the final cut to where it was like, okay, like now you're actually on this list. Like to the point where like the day that the list came out and they were like, okay, this is happening. I was still refreshing it. Cause I was like, I was like, this isn't real. Like, yeah, and then yeah, I yeah, saw yeah, it yeah. and I was like, no, this is actually like real. This is yes. something that I actually accomplished. Um, so that was like a really proud moment. I definitely cried. Definitely was very I, emotional. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I guess the other moment where I was like, okay, like this is like actually like a becoming a viable career. Whereas like last year I had a show with Maison Kitsune um, wow. and they have a gallery in downtown Brooklyn. And I was showing some new work from this project that I have called True Beauties. It's like a portrait series that focuses yeah. on um, the House of Labeja. Yeah. Um, and so their plan was to show this work in the, at the downtown location and then also take it um, to their location in Paris. Um, so when we went to to do the show in Paris, I took my mom with me and I paid for her flight and like all the accommodations and stuff like that. Yeah. And like that was a moment where I was like, okay, like I was able to do that for her with like the money that I've made from like doing the shit that I love. Um, so that I was just like, gave me chills. yeah, it was just like, like real, yeah. it, it was like a really cool moment to like spend it with her and like be able to take her out there. Cause she was actually the first person that took me to Paris when I was a kid. Um, cause my parents, they're big on like experiences. Like yes. they wasn't getting me and my sister Jordans and shit like that. Yeah. There was like, we're okay, gonna expose y'all to we're going to, right. We're going to yes. go and do things. And I'm definitely appreciative of it. Like, um, so I just wanted to, I guess, return the favor. Um, Damn, that just gave me chills. Mm-hmm. Like being able to do something that you love to do and then being able to get paid for it and then being able to give it back. Yeah. Like that. Damn, that just gave me chills, you know? And then the whole Forbes thing, you know, people pay to be on that. So to be- Really? I had yes, no idea. So many people Disclosure, do. Disclosure, I did not pay to Yeah, that's what I was about to say. List. He did not pay, y'all. I did not pay. He did not pay. So let's go ahead and, let's go ahead and say that. So to, but when people pay, they don't ever do the whole finalist mm, thing. They're just paying oh, to be- to So just like have to like be considered. Look. Yes, okay. yes, yes. How do you, do you ever deal with imposter syndrome? I deal with it sometimes. Like where um, I'm looking at my stuff and I'm like, oh, it could be better. I could do this, but it's just, oh, it's all in my head. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like just being on the internet, you're mm-hmm. exposed to so many different people. And like, especially with social media now, there's so many young people doing so many like amazing things. Yeah. So it can be hard to do your own thing and not like be affected by like what's going on on the left or the right of you. Yeah. Um, I just did that wrong, but, um, it's okay. It probably would like, you know what I mean? Right. On camera. camera, You probably did it right on the camera. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it can be hard to like tune that sort of stuff out. Um, but I don't know. I think like when I notice myself, like, kind of cycling through those thoughts like mm-hmm. too much, I feel like I had to have to like recenter myself and mm-hmm. like sometimes you have to like speak to yourself and just be like, okay, like you're good. 
things are fine. Yes. Like, just because this person is doing X, Y, Z, mm-hmm. you're on your own path. Mm-hmm. Things will happen for you as they're meant to. Yes. Like, that sort of thing. You have to kind of remind yourself. Because, yes. like, your mind will tell you some of the worst things sometimes. And you just have to, like, I guess, redirect it. Facts. Yeah. Like, policing the thoughts is a real thing. Yeah. Like, especially like when you're like trying to like form an identity for yourself Uh like it's hard like I was like having the conversation like with my fiance and I was telling him you know like sometimes like I struggle with like comparing myself to other people Mm -hmm. like not in a sense where it's just like damn I wish I was them right it's just like sometimes it's just like dang like they're like surpassing me and then I have to remind myself like I don't know their prayers like I don't know I don't know what they're going through I need to pay attention to what I got going on because when we actually look around and see the shit that we have around us it's like we're doing pretty good Mm -hmm. yeah you have to sometimes like sit back and reflect and take like get some perspective for sure because especially like in the creative fields like in, in any field like I think like a lot of like your success can have to do with like who you know mm. and and that's a big thing too so it's like you may be worried about this person who you feel is like in a place that you should be mm-hmm. but like maybe they know x y and z maybe and, you should go and be maybe, their friend right or maybe this person's putting in a favor like mm-hmm. you have no idea mm-hmm. what's going on behind closed doors so like reminding yourself that is like a good way to like reset and just be like, all right, Facts. I'm, I'm gonna do me. I like that. I was with my friend the other day and we were, we were just like talking about something and um, I had looked at her we were talking, she was talking about this girl or whatever. And I looked at her and I was like, you just got to admit she pretty as fuck. <laughs> and then sometimes when you just admit it, mm-hmm. like she's fly. Right. Like, Damn, they're good. You, no, it's it, good it, to it's do good that. It's good to do that. Yeah. It's good to just, and I feel like that removes a lot of that, comparison a lot yeah. of that dang i need to keep up it's just like it's like no this person is on their shit they own their shit yeah you know and be friend and like you talk about a lot like how your parents exposed you and mm. stuff like exposure is so important because yeah. you can learn so much from people and just right. walking around thinking you know everything i feel like that just just sets you up for failure like yeah. all the time like i always say like i'm down to get humbled from time to time mm. like I don't like being put in my place. But sometimes you need to be <laughs> brought down to, to earth. Yeah, sometimes you need to learn a lesson. Sometimes you need to learn a lesson. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be quiet. Sometimes you just need to sit there and not have, like, that know-it-all mentality, mm-hmm. like, at all. Right. I don't know. When I, when I was, like, looking at, you know, your work and stuff, like, there's some stuff that you've done that I had to, like, go and Google. I was like, God dang. Like, <laughs> like, like he is, like, truly, truly doing the damn thing is there like any advice like you could give to someone who is on the verge of giving up like creatively like who is probably not Mm -hmm. really seeing like the fruits of their labor because sometimes i think what people tend to do is they tend to compare their age Mm. to where they are right in life yeah like i'm not doing enough like you're like 30 years not saying you're 30 but some people are 30 and just stress the fuck out Mm -hmm. and it's just like when you really think about that shit 30 really not that old yeah it's not that old um i've definitely been in like low points where i've been like like hypothetically thinking about like what if i just like stopped taking pictures and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. like there was like a moment when i was in london and it was like kind of like the midway point um because i stayed there for six months 
and um, I had a work, I mean, not a work visa, a student visa, so I couldn't yeah. work there. Yeah. Um, and I was just, like, very nervous about, like, what would be there for me when I came back to America. Like, yeah. had been gone all this time. At the time, I was, like, paying for like my tuition through photography. So it was like, it was linked to like how I was like getting shit done. Um, And I was just like unsure about what was going next. Like there wasn't Mm -hmm. a lot happening. Um, And I don't often journal. Like I'm not the type of person who is like writing and reflecting all the time. But at certain times I do like, take out my notes app or like write down on a piece of paper like what's going on and at that particular moment I did um take out the notes app and I just wrote about how I was feeling about how I was kind of feeling hopeless and like I just wasn't sure what the next step was how I was gonna afford to pay for school um all these things that were like going through my head um and like fast forward to I don't I think it was maybe last year or the year before that um I was like going through my notes app again yeah and I found this like message and like at that point I was like like doing pretty well like things had mm-hmm. kind of gone good you know I can't come back from uh studying abroad and like yeah things ended up going well and I was just thinking like damn like I was feeling so bad about things in this moment, yeah. you know, but eventually they work themselves out. Yeah. Um, and I think like we just have to practice patience. Yes. Um, and I know that's like easier said than done. Yeah. Cause like even right now I'm going through like in-betweens of like freelancing and stuff like that. But I just, I feel like I always have faith that like, if you ride it out, mm-hmm. the thing that's waiting for you at the end will be worth the wait. Yeah. Or at least I hope it is. Yeah. You know? I like that. And that's like that's like showing compassion for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we all need to practice like more compassion for mm-hmm. ourselves. Like, um, to bring up my dad again, he's always like sending me stuff, like yeah, yeah, little yeah. podcasts or notes and stuff. And so this was uh 2021. I had gone to LA to do some like personal shoots, some stuff for yeah. um, this one personal project and then like this editorial. And um, somewhere along the shoots, like my camera like stopped working. And oh, I didn't no. fully realize it in the moment. And yeah. I shoot film, I don't shoot digitally. Yeah. So you it don't realize different. that you fucked up yes. until later. Yes. So I had like dropped off a couple of roles at the, the, um, the developing spot in LA just to see what, what it looked like. And I was at my friend's place. And I got a call yeah. from, from the lab. As soon as I heard the phone call, I was like, I already know what the fuck they're about to say. They're going to tell me that your film is blank. Ooh. And they told me all of my film was blank. Like, oh my God. All of the stuff that I had shot. And like, I just had like a whole like panic moment. Like, yeah. I was like crying, like kind of freaking out. And I called my mom and my mom was just like, calm down, just like take a walk, like walk down the block. And she was telling me about a podcast that my dad had sent. And like in this podcast, they talk about how, um, you know, so many of us have such a negative way that we speak to ourselves Mm -hmm. because I was beating myself up Mm -hmm. about the fact that like, 
I should have like checked my camera two or three times. Like yeah. I should have had my assistant bring his camera, like all these negative things. Um, you know, like he, the way he broke it down was that we have this ego about ourselves that mm -hmm. like we can't do any wrong, that we can't make any mistakes. Yeah. And it's like, that's not true. You know, we all are capable of making mistakes. And just because you do make a mistake, it doesn't necessarily have a impact on you as a person. Like just because yeah. I did fuck up on that one shoot, that doesn't mean I'm a bad photographer. Yeah. Um, and like, I feel like that moment and like other moments similar to that kind of like gave me perspective and like helped me become more kind to myself about yeah. when negative things do happen. It's like, it's not a reflection on my character. Yeah. It's just something that happens. Like yeah. shit happens. Yeah. And people really gotta people really yeah. need to know that. Yeah. To just give themselves a little bit of grace. Exactly. We all deserve grace at the end of the day. Period. I feel like sometimes like when I like mess up and I I needed that message. So mm -hmm. thank you, Dad. <laughs> right. Shout no, out to for him. Real, shout out to Dad because mm -hmm. like sometimes like and I think when like you're a creative person, like like I said, like I do like influencing, mm -hmm. but at my core, I absolutely love writing. Mm -hmm. I like um, edit editing sometimes, mm -hmm. not all the time. Right. It depends. It depends on like what I'm editing. Right, right. But I really do like media. I like storytelling. I like talking to people. Like mm -hmm. that's something I love. And there's been a lot of moments where like things do not work out, and my entire like sense of self-worth will be altered by that one thing yeah yeah so, like, you I think you're like the worst person yes. in the world it's like damn why did you do that but then i also think about like how sometimes like there's just like this pressure that comes with being a black person that like mm -hmm. i cannot explain because it's just like not only are we oftentimes not allowed to do it for ourselves, but we are allowed, we have to do it for our families. Like mm -hmm. there's just so many nuances to unpack. And I started doing this thing like recently, like how I show compassion to myself, which I need to get back to doing is like, I try to like prioritize like my inner child. So mm -hmm. like anytime I'm being nasty or anytime I'm being rude, I just have to remind myself or look at a picture of myself and I'm just like, dang, anytime you're being nasty, you're being nasty to her. Like, you know what I mean? And then I also think about, you know, like my upbringing, not having, you know, a family that could like provide for me and mm. like having to like find like my own sense of support, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and so that's been like a practice. That's definitely been like a huge journey for me right. is learning how to find support when there isn't really much of it around mm -hmm. and just learning how to like have compassion for myself right. and anytime I'm like frustrated or just really in my head I have to remind myself that I'm really just talking shit about myself mm -hmm. and sometimes it's just us like sometimes yeah. it's not even the people around us right. that are it's thinking just like it that inner voice that inner voice that inner voice is so bad it's powerful it's very powerful do you believe in like therapy and stuff of course, I believe in therapy. Okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah everyone, should, everyone should do therapy. Everybody should do therapy. Yeah, I need to get back in therapy. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I, I had this, like, experience, and it, it, like, woke me up. And I was like, dang, Jay, you need to go back to therapy because, like, anxiety is, like, not something that we really talk about within like our communities and stuff mm -hmm. and i had like a panic attack and i was like what the fuck is this oh it was like the first time it was like one of the first ones it happened like i want to say like maybe three or four months ago uh -huh. i was in the car and 
I was like one of them little black kids that was a little weird. You know what I mean? Like I listened to everything. I was into everything. Uh-huh. I was like into theater. I listened to all types of music. Mm-hmm. But there was this song by Paramore that came on uh-huh. and it played in the car and I had a full on, like I could not stop crying. Really? I'm not kidding. And it was random. I was having uh-huh. a great day. We were on our way to go get pho. Yeah. And I just like started crying. And then I went, huh. had pho. I was fine. And then I went to sleep and I woke up and I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, wow. Yes. And it's just like there are so many things that we like have to learn to unpack because Mm -hmm. they they show up in different ways. Yeah. You never know when like triggers and stuff like that will show up. Yes. Getting to understand that definitely is it helps. Yes. Yes. Triggers. Do you have any final words or thoughts? Um, any final words or thoughts? Um, well, this was a good conversation. You enjoyed it for real? I did enjoy it. Don't be having yeah. me out here blushing. You know? I wouldn't lie on camera. Okay. I'm okay. not that girl. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to make it feel so, so interviewing. Mm. You know what I mean? It definitely felt like an organic conversation. Okay, good. Yeah. You're good at your job. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay. So where can we like follow you and stuff? Okay. Um, is this, this is the, the time to plug. This is the time to plug everything. Okay, and don't so, be humble. Well, my Instagram is Miles Lofton, Miles with a Y. Um, my Twitter is Golden Polaroid. Um, there's not much photography there, but it's just a lot of my thoughts. <laughs> um, my SoundCloud is also Golden Polaroid. Um, and that's about it. Do you yeah. got like any like DJing stuff? Like, do you ever like drop a date? Like, um, so like the thing is, I haven't been like, I'm not necessarily pursuing DJing as a career. So I'm kind of just like, if my friend hits me up to do something, then like I'm down to spin, but, um, spin. <laughs> yeah. DJ term. D- right. DJ terms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But next time I'll definitely post about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Any well, last thoughts? Um, do what you love. Period. Yeah. Period. Thank you so much for coming on. No I appreciate you. Um, yeah. And Thank that's you. it.